Good morning to both of you. <clears throat> We've gotten a good many that are uh, gone or away this weekend, apparently. Good to, good to see you here, though. <clears throat> I did see a group of 25 leave at 6 o'clock this morning uh, to head down to the youth mission trip down to Tampa. Uh, when Andy says 6 o'clock we're leaving, it was 6.01. I'm telling you, they, they were ready to go this morning. So, uh, And then, of course, as they left at 6.01 to go on their mission trip, I went to my usual mission site, the Waffle House. <clears throat> Enjoyed my, my mission work there this morning. But remember our folks in prayer as they are there in, uh, in the Tampa area working this week. We also had a wonderful service at our first uh, hour of worship, uh, one of your own. Louise Alexander gave a presentation of her recent mission trip over to uh, Africa with pictures and words and uh, certainly is wonderful that one of your own could go on that mission trip and we were able to assist on that expense a little bit as a church. So uh, I hope you'll be hearing more about that in, in the days to come. We're proud of Louise for her good work there. It looks like this is the week that Archaeology takes off. <clears throat> the children's uh, workshop, music workshop, and you will notice in your bulletin an, an invitation to join them on Wednesday the 29th at 6 p.m. to see a musical presentation that they will be putting together uh, while they're at the children's camp, the uh, at the music camp. And there is a request that you let the church office know before the 23rd, which is um, Thursday, this coming Thursday, if you're going to be able to be there so that uh, appropriate uh, refreshments and other arrangements can be made about that. There is a planning meeting this afternoon in the area of our children and family ministries. Uh, Lee will be leading this. And we invite interested people, especially parents of children, to be present as they look ahead uh, the rest of, rest of 2009 and on into 2010 to make, uh, to make plans for our children's ministry. That will be uh, in the social hall this afternoon at 5.30. Wade Kinnett is still in the hospital, um, about to undergo some more tests this week. Um, Someone that you don't know too well, but you certainly know uh, the wife of this person. You, you certainly know Kelly Winsky, who um, was raised in this church. She married John Fleming a few years back. John had a very bad accident at work this week, um, a bad fall that resulted in three broken vertebrae in his back. So by the end of the week, he had had some pretty serious surgery to stabilize his back and he seems to be doing right well, but certainly remember Kelly and John and, and uh, the, the whole family that got some right different recovery days ahead. Anytime you have a back injury, that is a, that is a major thing to get over. Other announcements are in your bulletin. I hope you have an opportunity to, to look at those. And um, we are serving, having communion at this service today and just want to go ahead and say a word of welcome to our visitors and say that um, communion in the United Methodist Church is what we call open communion. You're all invited. Um, you're welcome to share in our communion service. And the way we do that here is when you come and kneel, the bread will all, already be in front of you, and then I will come along uh, the, uh, the uh, grape juice, the unfermented wine, uh, to you. And uh, as I say, Visitors as well as members, anyone who so desires to partake of uh, the Lord's Supper uh, certainly is invited to do so, and we hope that you will today. Let us begin our time together in worship.
Our opening prayer is on page 6 in the front of your hymnal. I invite you to turn to that page and join me in the opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated, and this time we'd invite the children to come forward to join Beverly Davis for a few moments of sharing. Good morning. We have an upcoming third grader and an upcoming second grader. And you know, boys and girls this age are pretty good readers. I know that from, from school, and I know it from dealing with these two when we go to the library. And so I want to talk to you about today something about reading a little bit, okay? This morning I went to the early service, and now I'm here again. Both services are different, just are similar, and yet they're different. Have you ever been to the early service? The one in the Family Life Center? Have you? Have you? No? The early, at one at nine o'clock, and it meets in the Family Life Center. Have you ever been in there? Well, you'll find that there's a lot of things that are alike, but a lot of things that are different. And one of the things that's different is instead of using the hymnal, they put the words on a big screen up on the wall, and people read the words to the hymns or the Apostles' Creed or whatever from the wall. Now, I know you two both like books. You told me you had a thousand books in your house. You told me that one day. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Methodist hymnal in your house someplace, too. This book is it's not as important as the Bible but I think it comes next in the church. There have been hymnals for years and years, and there are over 650 hymns in this book, and some of them come from other groups like Afro-Americans and Hispanics and Asians and American Indian even, in, Indians even have hymns in here. There's over 70 hymns in here that come from other groups. And John Wesley has a page in here. He was the one that started the Methodist Church. And he gives rules for how to sing in the church. I'm not going to read all of them to you. But one of them says, sing lustily, not as though you're half asleep or half dead. <laughs> and I think most of the time in this church we do sing that way, don't we? Do you try to follow the words in the hymnal? I know John and Julia, they're not here today. I was hoping they would be. They both try very hard. They run their finger along the line, and they, they try very hard to follow everything in the hymnal. You know, we, because we're having communion, things are a little bit different today. But usually we start out with the Apostles' Creed, and every time Reverend Holt says it's on page 881. Did you know there are other creeds in here too? I think it's time we, you readers started looking in your hymnal. There's responsive reading. Some people call that the Psalter, and that's because they all come from the Psalms. And, and there's other things in here, too. Remember last week when the baby was baptized, and at the end, Reverend Holt said, turn to page 44, and everybody had a, a little part to read about how they would help that baby grow up, too, in the church? Well, today we're going to need our hymnals a lot. What are we doing special today, do you know? Why do we have these little plates with bread sitting out here? 
He just told us a couple minutes ago, were you not listening? We're going to have communion today. And so today, instead of following what we usually follow right here on the bulletin, we're pretty much going to turn, start at page six, like we already did, and we're going to follow the next few pages for communion. Why do we have communion? Do you know that? You know? The last week that Jesus was alive, the last time he met with all of his disciples, they gathered in a room and had a meal. And they call, we call that the Last Supper because it was the last time they were all together. And he told them to eat the bread and drink the wine, which we use grape juice, in remembrance of him. Remember last week Lee said we have to remember? Well, this is something we're doing in remembrance, which means to remember. So today, when you go back to your seat, find page six and seven, right here at the beginning of your hymnal. And if it's in dark print, that means we have to read it. This is the Apostles' Creed, but it's different than the one we use on page 881. And so I'm going to give you a bookmark to help you find page six, because you're going to need it. And before you go, Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the Bible, where we can study your words. We also thank you for for you and the people who put together the hymnal to help us take part in worship services here at Memorial, especially today as we take communion in remembrance of your son, Jesus. Amen.
I want to say a special welcome to some friends from a previous congregation sitting out there. Katie and Chris McNutt. Uh, I know Chris served on Staff Parish Relations Committee over at that previous church. Um, and Katie is a chef. So if you'll follow me after church, I'll show you how to get to her house. We'll all go. So good to have you folks with us today. Here now our uh, prayer for illumination, or please join me in the prayer of illumination, which is again on page six, near the bottom of the page. <clears throat> Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. <clears throat> Scripture lesson is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 30 through 34, and then verses 53 through 56. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have time to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Then we move over to 53. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. Here ends the reading. <clears throat> wherever Jesus went, village or town, our country crossroads, they brought their sick to the marketplace and begged him to let them touch the edge of his coat. That's all. And whoever touched him became well. If there's anything that keeps me keeping on in ministry through times of difficulty and even defeat, is a deep down belief that there is something very, very unique about Jesus. Wherever he went and wherever he goes today, people are touched by him and they start getting well in body and soul. In Mark 6, we read of several episodes where Jesus tried unsuccessfully to get away from people so that he and his disciples could get even a little rest. They had been so busy that they didn't even have time to eat. We've all had times like that in our homes. But each time that, that Jesus tried to get away, the crowd would find out where Jesus was going and they would follow him there, sometimes beating him to the location he was headed to. And there was something about Jesus, his deep compassion and love, that caused him to forsake his own needs in order to minister to the needs of others. Jesus is such a powerful personality that it was comforting just to be near him. It was enough for sick, sick folks just to touch the hem of his garments. His teachings brought healing and direction to some. His loving nature brought healing to others. 
The forgiveness that he offered in God's name gave people hope. His power over death assured people of eternal life. Now you and I have known a few people who were such trouble that wherever they went, they left a path of destruction in their wake like the aftermath of a tornado Lives are forever wrecked by these individuals after those people pass by. But just the opposite seemed to be true with Jesus. The path of healing wherever he went. And he leaves one still today wherever we, the body of Christ, take him in our lives of discipleship. And wherever the Christian faith has gone, Hospitals have been built. Schools have been erected. Churches have been organized for the healing, teaching, and preaching message of Jesus to be carried on in the life of the church. Methodism grew in the 1800s because circuit-riding preachers went with the pioneers as our ancestors spread our country westward and the church's influence in the West helped to civilize that land. All who touched him were healed. I am absolutely convinced that there's hope to be found in Jesus for whatever it is that we face in life. We're never alone, even when our closest kinsman dies or when the closest of our friends deserts us. Every bad habit can be overcome through the power of Jesus. Every sin can be forgiven. Grief can be healed. Emotional scars can become our strengths through the work of Jesus in our lives, making us whole. It is still so very true today. All who touch him are healed. There are many ways to touch Jesus today. He is as near as prayer, and we may touch him that way. And he's powerfully present in our times of worship and fellowship. But we can also touch him today through Holy Communion, whereby we are placed in contact with Jesus through faith and remembrance. Remembering that this is his body broken for us, his blood shed for us. I pray that today when you receive the bread and wine of communion, you will feel the touch of Christ upon your life because all who touch him are healed. Amen. In response to the proclamation of the good news, I invite you to turn to page 7 and stand as we join together in the uh, version of the Apostles' Creed that is printed there in your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He ascended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And will come again to just the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Please be seated. Let us unite our hearts together in prayer. O Lord, we pray that the world may live in peace and that your church may achieve unity, fulfilling its service here and everywhere. We pray that all ministers and teachers in the church may be faithful servants of the gospel leading others into its way of life and strengthening their faith. 
We pray that the leaders of this nation and of the world may govern with justice and mercy. We pray that all of our work may be done for the common good, that it be done in safety, and that all may be spared from grinding toil which destroys fullness of life. We pray that those who work on frontiers of truth and those who enrich our lives with beauty and joy may be free to follow their vocations. We pray that those who suffer disease or poverty or loneliness or grief may be healed and comforted, that those who are oppressed or persecuted may be strengthened and delivered. And we pray that those whom we have known and loved, who have died in the faith, may be a glorious memory to us and a source of renewed fellowship with all the saints. These are our prayers through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God as we receive our morning offering.
The great thanksgiving begins near the top of page 9. I invite you to join me in this celebration. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We give them out to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ.
Please join me in the prayer after receiving. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you.